Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye, and I'm R. Neville Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And tonight we're going to talk about have to. But we don't have to. Well, we have to. I've well, we're choosing said it. to, which is all the difference. You have in the world. to talk about have to. And you have to choose everything okay. that you do. This is another place where free will just erodes mm -hmm. from our consciousness. The word have to, you have to, puts you sound asleep. It mm -hmm. says that you have no choice, but there is no place in the universe that you have no choice. Exactly. It is never done. I, I was thinking about have to earlier, mm -hmm. and I, I realized that we go on vacations and have such a wonderful time, not only because we're visiting a beautiful place, but because we get out of the world of have to's. Mm -hmm. And have to's are going to work, coming home, I have to mow the lawn, I have to go to the grocery store, and we do whatever we can to escape that have to's. But when we realize that every have to is a state of mind, then we start having power over it to make conscious different mm -hmm. decisions. We can <clears throat> always, like um, there was a period of time where I had a bunch of have to's that I didn't care for, like, like a particular job I was involved in. And um, I, I kept thinking, oh, this have to, it was really oppressive because a have to is a prison that's not a very comfortable prison at that. And so I went for an entire week where instead of saying, I have to go to work, I have to go to the grocery store, I, and this was back before um, the language codes or I ever met you, and I would say, I want to go to work, I want to go to the grocery store. And I just changed that word in my mind for like an entire week. I mean, I had moments where Makes I forgot, but different. it was a completely different thing. And I yeah. started re recognizing that that feeling, mm -hmm. like that uh, story in Man's Search for Meaning, where the German army occupied or the Hitler's army occupied their farm mm -hmm. and turned them into prisoners they said well how did you handle that for so many years and he said well I I chose to see it as company rather than invaders or controllers and then it was my joy to do it that's what happened in Vietnam we were in, uh, recognized as uh, not going to be staying and therefore a guest and that really does make a, a difference. guest or a guest a guest that really does make a difference. So we're out, as always, on this program to get you to convert your entire life to a completely different life entirely. So if you will put a sensor up on the word have to, when you say it to yourself, then you're bullying you. When you say it to someone else, then you're bullying them. And we don't have to bully anything to get everything done. Once you change have to to choice, we have always said that everything that goes on in your life is your choice, whether you recognize that or not, is another situation entirely. So if your boss says you have to go to Japan, who tells your legs to walk up the, um, the steps to the airplane? Why, that is, of course, you. There is no moment at which you do not choose everything that happens, even though that is virtually invisible to us. Nonetheless, it remains true. And so we have said this is indeed a slave planet and have to is definitely the whip that's used to beat us. You have to understand me. Actually, you don't. So be proud of it that you don't. I don't really enter into this equation. But the idea of have to can either wake you up or put you to sleep. 
if it wakes you up, then you can, as you were saying, uh, make the choice to do that rather than feel that you have no choice and therefore must comply. So the very definition of superstition is where your power is languished outside of you. Any word or phrase or thought that states that there is something bigger than you is a lie that you're telling to yourself that has been taught to you by people that are actually very, very afraid. Uh, uh, and that is the slave gnome. So it is entirely possible to begin to recognize and change all manner of thought that languages power as outside of you. In teaching the tarot, for example, you, you, I know for a fact you won't allow that to happen in, while you're teaching tarot. And, yeah, because the power is within you. That's and it, the, exactly. The tarot cards are a communication device. The power doesn't lie in the cards. And people very because much mistake that. that's superstition. Yeah, people there's a lot of superstition. That. Oh, everywhere, all the time. And to live superstition-free, you will find yourself pretty much alone, at least initially, when you stop uh, the chatter of superstition around you when you recognize that everything in your life was your idea and you chose it and it happened because of you and your choice, you stand apart from humanity. There are very few of the nine billion of us, what's that, about 900 people maybe, that consciously every day recognize that what's going on is their choice. I'll give you 9,000 there, you happy now? Okay, about the idea that we are in charge of this the day that you recognize that everything that ever happened in your life was your idea is the day that you're free. Everything that ever happened has your signature on it. You chose that. Act like it instead of whining about it. Or whine about it. It's just, you're not going to be interesting whining about it. You're going to be flat out fascinating <laughs> recognizing that it's your idea. Yeah. That is the way that works. Well, uh, that really is important to, to know that you have a choice in matters. Always. My friend Judy used to say, don't say have to in my name in the same sentence. And I thought that was really funny. And, and I got to thinking about people saying have to. The have to's we say to ourselves and the have to's we say to each other. Yeah. And really what the foundation or the origin of this is, <clears throat> is we all walk around with this pile of rules, like a backpack filled with rules. And sometimes our rules jive with the other person or match up or harmonize with this person. And whenever we're having a conflict or telling somebody they have to, it's, there's a rule discrepancy. It's always a rule discrepancy. Mm -hmm. So look in your life and where is it that you tell people they have to do something? I, I often hear, and we've all done it, where people say, well, look at that. All he had to do was to go do this and this. Why didn't he at least call? Why did... Mm -hmm. it's, it's where somebody has violated your personal system of rules, and your personal system of rules is viewed as the system of rules, not your system of rules. So you're going it around enforcing it. So mm -hmm. this is another technique you can use when people are saying you have to do something. Look at that and, and let that reveal what they're... they're rules are. And I've, I've done this description many times on the show, but if you had a coffee cup, or if we had one sitting in between us, the handle would be on the right to me, but from your perspective, it would be on the left. And we both could prove that scientifically, that the handle was in those zones, uh, the right on my side, the left on the other side. <clears throat> 
But when you expand and know that there can be multiple truths and multiple rules systems, you can start allowing yourself to step out of it. Mm -hmm. What we do is we see, we all believe that there's one, and so we get into these conflicts, and then we feel guilty for not being able to live up to somebody else's system. Well, for the millionth time on this program, we will explain that a first step out of the box is the realization that there is more than one correct answer. And until you recognize and practice that there is more than one correct answer, you're not going anywhere. And the very prima facie proof of it is as soon as you get the correct answer, you stop thinking. Now, if you didn't hear the language code, you stop thinking. Hear it the next time that happens. When you stop thinking, you, you drop out of warp. You stop being, essentially, and begin doing, no doubt. But nonetheless, the idea of more than one correct answer is a mandate we all have to catch on to. And we've proven it so many times. Two plus two is nine minus five. Oops, I meant to say 10 minus six. No, I meant 11 minus, no, 12 minus eight. I'm certain, no, 13 minus whatever the next number is. I don't even care. There are a, literally an infinite number of correct answers to two plus two besides 22, besides a uh, dress you wear when you're pretending to be a ballerina. But the idea of our freeing ourselves from slavery, freeing ourselves from the box, really could be everyone's mandate. But primarily the mandate is to cover your posterior, that you are not recognized as someone not playing by the rules. And as long as that is the mandate, then we are a slave race. And as soon as we become aware that there's more than one correct answer and there's, oh, you cannot be defeated defeated because you can always find a place to put your foot. You know, it goes on and on. And the idea of us becoming the advanced race that we are capable of being, we have to think just a tad more. And anything that prevents your thinking like right and wrong, because right and wrong summarily prevent thinking. As soon as you say it's wrong, you stop thinking. As soon as you say it's right, you stop thinking. Uh, we more or less find any excuse available to stop thinking. Any excuse at all to stop thinking. Call in with your excuse not to <laughs> with your excuse to stop thinking. Call in with your reason that you won't be you. That's a very big one. That's the next step above the genius methods by which I found a way not to write the book. <laughs> what is your next genius method by which you will not be you? Okay, and that will be doing anything that you don't want to do. That will be by doing anything that you have to do. That will be by whatever means you can find to keep from being unique and original. That will be the way in which we've been taught to think from earliest childhood. We could use the word guilt. Guilt will fit in there. Yeah, call in with something you feel guilty about, and we'll explain to you why that has just crippled you. I mean, that is the way guilt works. It is very crippling. Well, guilt is really like an opening in your auric field. Mm -hmm. And it allows things that really don't belong to you to seep in. And so... I thought that was sewerage. Yeah. Well, it is, often. <laughs> yeah. I see this. Yeah. So if you can let go of the guilt harmony, it really does seal you mm -hmm. up. Then yeah. you're not reacting. Also, it's so important to see whatever anybody else is giving to you is really them and their stuff. And yeah, that's then... A That's a good one, yeah. Mm -hmm.
And then, no, no, I was just agreeing with you. Um, yeah. Anything, yeah, anyone that, anyone will hand you anything that you will take. If you won't take it, you are then in the position of not being manipulated. Hmm. And guilt is primarily what people are going to hand you. Yeah. Those guilt handing people. Hmm. We love them for it because if you hate them, they're all over you. It'll, it'll bring it down completely. Yeah, sure. The method by which we can recognize love for all things is inherent in the words we've been speaking this evening. Hmm. This concept of uh, becoming a better you is uh, we're, we're not taught to do that. We're taught not to do that, in fact. You know, mm-hmm. if you are the better you, you are embarrassing people. The person that does the most work in the factory is ganged up upon by everybody else with the catchphrase, you're making us all look bad. Why don't you just, you know, become the norm and then you won't have to be... Uh, well, that's another thing. It's a good point. We're often taught that we can't be everything that we are and to mm. perform and to have our light shine, our auric field really radiate because it's really not legal to be happy. Honestly, you mm-hmm. think that it is, but it's not. Even in our, is it the Constitution, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, but not the finding of happiness? Yeah, yeah. It really Clever wording isn't. there. What? Clever wording in the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It. Uh, we have our caller. Well, go ahead if you want to. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Hi, I, caller. What's your name, uh, please? Hi, uh, Evan calling. Pardon? Evan. Hey, Evan. Evan. Hey, Evan. How hey. you doing? How you doing? I, I kind of along the same lines as um, have to. I guess you could also include should and uh, need to. Mm-hmm. Along the same lines. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and they're they're guilt manipulation. Right. Or uh, or you must. Probably also is another word. Fuck word. You must. Yeah. I must know that. Oh, good. I do. But you must. Yeah. Uh, you can get mussed up from that. I just wanted to give a quick call. Enjoy your show as always. Take care. Oh, okay. Well, thanks, thanks, Evan. Evan. Hey, yeah. we appreciate your call. Yeah, stop by Ruby Ruby's tonight. We'd love to see you. Yeah, we'll have the, the group over while. Ruby Tuesdays. If anyone in the audience would like to join us. Well, um, yeah, Evan brought up a, a lot of good points. This must and have to and mm-hmm. should. It shows you that it's really based on this idea that we have to be something or someone in order to be acceptable. And the only reason that we would give in to that is if there was this fear that if we weren't acceptable, we would be cast out into the uh, desert by ourselves. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that is biological. We would never have survived as a species. Think about it. We have no fur. We don't have claws. We don't have big fangs or big jaws to to bite things, but yet we survived where a lot of other species did not, and not only did we survive, we went on to dominate a lot of other animals much larger and much more better equipped at aggression than we are, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that we're social creatures and that we can communicate. We have high-level types of physical-level communication. So we have a biological imperative that makes us conform so that we will be part of the group because that's vital to our survival. Well, now we are at a place where it's not necessary anymore, but yet we still have that drive. And it's that drive that's really 
that distorted drive that's underneath a lot of the things that aren't pleasant in our in our society, like gossip and complaining. And I, I feel gossip is an effort to bond with a group, to have a group come here. When people are gossiping or saying negative things about another person, then everybody gets cohesive because they're afraid of being that person, of being ostracized. And, and, and so you may f- have found yourself at times in those gossip circles because of that, that thing, that, that concept. So then that also makes us live by those have-tos. It makes mm-hmm. us impose have-tos on other people. Yeah. It really creates a codependent paradigm. Good news is, is we're not subject to this. We don't have to be stuck in it like quicksand. We can remove ourselves because our brain is here to have higher thinking. It's to step us up higher than that and help us merge with our soul and our spirit consciously. Well, it's interesting, uh, just on the word gossip, which originally meant from God's lips when that was a word in the 1400s. and it's not. It, it remains gossip. It's talking about someone when they are not present. And that, as you were saying, is a very negative thing all the way around. Now, if you do the pie graph of your life socially, you know, what percent of that pie is spent talking ill about someone else? And if that is anything, if that is any percent whatsoever, then we know there's a lot to matter with that person. And in fact, the greater amount of time you spend talking ill of others, the more we know how poorly you feel about yourself. So, well, and, and it shows the more, not even, I mean that, but even on top of that, it's fear yeah. that you're, you're going to be ostracized. There was a country in South America, I'm not sure if it was Colombia or, or, or someplace down uh, south of the border, south of the equator rather, that had, okay, just one second, let me just finish this one thing, that had put a law out there that would put people in jail if they gossiped because they found they had gotten oh, yeah. so epidemic. Yeah. There was a time when I started doing the good news segment because it's uh-huh. some, a TV show I wanted to produce for a very long time and um, I, we did have a viewer call in and say they would be um, willing to, to participate in that if we were to do that. Mm-hmm. But we'll go ahead and take the call. Hi caller, what's your name please? Hey, Mary. Hey, Neville. It's Pat. Pat. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, I have a question for you guys. And we have I've been, several answers. <laughs> I'm sure you do. I, uh, I've been wanting to ask you guys this for the longest time, but have never been able to bring it up. I am somebody <laughs> that is a uh, profound procrastinator. And I mean, <laughs> the first, the only time I was ever early for anything was when I was born. I was born a month early. <laughs> so, well, see, you're making up for it, Pat. You know, well, I, what I want to know is, what I want to want to know is, what what do you think causes uh, uh, people well, to procrastinate? We're trained from earliest life to be procrastinators. Good question. The first time that you ever get an over the weekend homework assignment. Uh, Well, it's Friday night. Come on, I just got out of school. I'm not going to do my... It's Saturday. Come on, I got to have some fun sometime during the week. It's Saturday evening. Come on, we got social. We got to go out. We got to see them. It's Sunday. Oh, we got to go to the game. It's Sunday night. And every human being that I know has a Sunday night shutdown based on what early school was. And so even sometimes the Sunday night doesn't get you to take action. And so Monday morning in... in, um, uh, the utility classes, whatever, the study hall, 
um, you're there doing your homework from the weekend past. But um, the other thing, and this, this word is the entire language code, deadline. Okay. If you don't do it by this time, you will be dead. Well, Fine. Let me, let me, I, dead I understand. Then. Let me just ask you this, because my cordless is dying, and then I'll, I'll listen to the rest of your answer off air. But how come some people are better at, at recognizing this problem? Like, I recognize I have the problem. I'm, I can't deal with it to save my life. How come there are other people, like my late father, who did everything early or on time, whether it was paying a bill or going to work, well, or you I, know, I don't understand why I can't get a hold, get a get a, a stronghold on it, but other people can, and other people don't even suffer from the problem. Well, I, I there's a couple answers to that, Pat, and thanks for calling and. Well, I tell you what, I'm going to turn back up the volume on my TV because this phone is dying, and okay. I'll okay. your answer right. on TV. Okay, I'll we got it. We got it. That's great, thanks. Um, one thing that I would like to say is that have-tos are not funded energetically by the universe. They're just not. Because the nature of have-tos is a resistance paradigm. It's a, it's a setup for resistance. So it's exhausting, number one. Every time you say, I have to do something, there's a current all of a sudden coming this way and there's friction and so you get tired. Also, why some people get hung up with it and some people don't. And it's all based on this, because I used to be a very big procrastinator, and then circumstances in my life happened that I couldn't do it. I had children to take care of. I had to do things, um, various things. So I decided that I was going to project past the point of the friction and get to the goal. For instance, I knew I had to go to work or go find a job, and I didn't want to. And I thought, well, it is so much more painful to stay in that friction world yeah, where exactly. I was resisting not doing it than it is to just step over it and go where it is. Because if you project your view right there, it's like banging your head against the wall. In karate, they teach you to aim an inch past the board when you go to break the board, and that's how you break it. If you aimed at the board, you just break your hand. And so procrastination is aiming at the task and your resistance to the task. And you can use a want to as opposed to a have to and a focus beyond the board. And you just go right through it. And trust me, this is somebody who has conquered that. Yeah. Now, There's a lot more to it as well. There's the idea of, uh, and it's the same thing. It's just in different words, but the same basic meaning. There is the idea of the thought efficiency quotient. Because we are beings that live in a very fluid medium called time, and we create time, and we create lack of time, we're creating all of this. And what we do that is remarkably inefficient that results in procrastination is that we think that we have to do it. I have to do A, B, C, and there's have to again. Okay. These things I wish to accomplish, they are this, 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 and this. However, I don't do any of them. I just review them. And now my thought efficiency is cut in half, at least. In other words, if I want to pick this thing up, but I don't pick it up, then I have to think of picking it up again and then actually do it. But if I don't pick it up again, divided by, divided by. So the more times you think about it without doing it, the more paralytic the entire situation becomes for us. 
So we said that, as you were saying, the cure for procrastination is to actually get ahead of the tsunami of deadlines that is about to consume us. The average adult at this point lives running as fast as they possibly can uh, in front of all of these deadlines, never taking joy in anything, always making themselves do the things they have to do. So if everybody said, ah, let it consume me, go ahead, just flush right over me, I'll miss all the deadlines. Okay, but I'll be okay about it, I'll be all right with it, I don't have to do anything, well, and then you would be free, and then you could reset the whole thing, and then you could do that which you love to do instead of that which you have to do. Well, th there's a lot of truth in that, and I'm not negating that at all. But I found in my life that there were things that appeared that I had to do. I chose not to make the choice not to provide food for my children, let's say. It was something that I wouldn't have picked out of joy in my heart, but it was a choice. Mm -hmm. And I recognized that as a choice, that I did choose to do this, that mm -hmm. feeding the kids, or whatever that was, okay, it superseded me wanting to sit and read a book, let's say. And so I looked at real choice, higher choice, and I say, well, anything that I have chosen to do, I am going to say that's what I want to do. Yeah. I'm going to fund it. I'm going to let love into the circumstance so that mm -hmm. it becomes funded. Wherever there's not love in your life, when your motive is not love but it's fear or control via fear, you're not going to be funded. And you're going to, every time you have a thought, I'm going to get up and do that, I'm going to get up and do that, it's not even the thought that does it. Although when we think things, think a thought about doing something, it sends impulses to the body, and the body will even crave food and nourishment enough as if it were really doing those tasks. And so I, I really feel that that's what accumulates extra weight on people at times. But if you think about that, you're also entering into that friction where there's another part of you resisting the have to. So let yourself off the hook. There's no teacher or no controlling mother that's telling you you have to do anything. That if it comes up, you ask yourself, am I making the choice to do this or not? And either you say no and be okay with it and walk away from getting the house cleaned, or you do it. You just aim for the inch past the have to. Yeah, there is a far greater part of us mm -hmm. that we have no real recognition of which is simply that we decide and then the universe creates it. Yeah. And all we really have to do is the decision. We don't have to do anything, and pardon the have to again. Once we make a decision, the universe activates according to our decision. We can be calm and allow the universe to do that, or we can beat ourselves with the word have to until we are dead, literally. Uh, certainly figuratively, and without a doubt spiritually. However, the idea is you decide it, and it will happen, and it is not more complex than that. It just isn't. However, the language we speak, the way we are brought up, the alleged education that we receive on the planet, all belies this. We are unbelievably magnificent creators, and very, very, very few of us have any clue about that any clue at all about that. Just how grand it is that we really are and that everything that we ever decided that we wanted, tarot deck or whatever, whatever it is we decided, voila, there it is. And then you tell it, 
You tell it how much it's going to cost you if you must insist that it cost you. How about the universe just gifts me oh, whatever it is I would desire, and I'll make a very long list and not publish it. I'll just make it, and then it'll happen. And I've done this with books of affirmations where I've written things, and then years later I find the affirmations like, oh, my God, every bit of that happened. Oh, I know. It's yeah. the same with me. Um, I, I had, um, when I was in a position of taking, finding myself uh, alone raising my kids when they were very young mm -hmm. and I did not have a lot of resources at the time, I wrote down the things that I had to create in the order, like getting a car, getting mm -hmm. a place to live and stuff like that. And it all happened exactly in that order. I just wrote it and never thought about it again. Yeah, that's the secret but, of it. But another thing about this law of attraction, thinking of it and it brings it to you for the price you want, you can uh. use this technique. You can use this technique for healing, growing, expanding, understanding mm -hmm. yourself, and watch for the evidence of that. Look for evidence of good things. I, I had brought up this subject earlier about gossiping or saying negative things about mm -hmm. people it, when they are um, not, not in their presence. That, that if you focus on the negative things about people in your life, it really changes the frequency than when you focus on positive things. I've been involved in groups where everybody's encouraging and says wonderful things about each other, and then in groups where people point out, oh, they were talking on the phone, or they did this, they did this little thing here, or they did this little thing here, and it irritates me, and they do this. All it does is, is perpetuate it. The venting really isn't a, a good uh, a useful tool, let's put it that way. Science is now recognizing the fact that when you vent, when you do something like that, um, rather than just um, not giving it much life force, that it becomes more firmly rooted in your consciousness and the vibration anchors more in your life. Yeah, the complaint is the command. It really does work that yeah, way. Yeah, but I mean, they can scientifically measure this now. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Now we can believe it now that it's No, scientific. I don't mean it like that I know, at all. I know, I'm just adding find that it, as a thought. Because my, my truth, yeah, yeah, I understand. But my, I, I find it so wonderful because it speaks of what I say when, if it's a truth, it'll manifest on all levels. Yeah. So we are far more form. powerful than we ever imagined. And that could be... You know, let's, um, I imagine how powerful I am would be an amazing affirmation to write because it would be an automatic flux. You know, I'm, I have the power to manifest, you name it, I can manifest it. And very few of us ever get that. And of those that do get it, a far smaller percentage is that a conscious mind attribute. It's something they brought in with them into their life, but it may have never percolated through the conscious mind mm -hmm. as, you know, so I had to have a car, well, then so-and-so gave me a car, I wasn't even thinking about it. And it happened within a 24-hour period after deciding, or yeah. whatever it might be. Well, I think that it, it happens on material fashion. levels, and it mm -hmm. happens on emotional levels, it happens on psychological levels, yeah, and yeah. on spiritual levels. Mm-hmm. On and all we levels, are just, so look we for are it everywhere. Just so fabulous. I know, aren't we? we? The human race is just off the scale, and no one seems to be able to um, quite understand. And they're all in their but own. It remains too. They're all they're all on their own individual scale too. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> let people be on their own yeah. set of rules is really the the easy answer there. So the expression "be all that you can be" 
it means nothing because you are already that. Mm -hmm. And it would, um, but they meant do all you can do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought that was very funny. But they were trying to trick your mind. Way. Well, they, they're very good. That's like the pursuit of happiness rather than the living in happiness, mm -hmm. yeah. which would be what the Constitution meant. Mm -hmm. So this language messing us up, this slave language, has been in effect from the very beginning, uh, you know, to keep us from recognizing our own power. Yeah. And I choose that I recognize my own power in totem. I, I make this choice now vividly, actively, openly. I choose to recognize the extent of which I am capable. Ah, well, that felt good. All right. Well, may I just Call speak of one an thing? And I know sure. we usually don't speak of things going on in the media or in the news or things like that. But I, I wanted to address this because I thought it was so profound. The um, so-called, uh, let's just say the alterations to our planet Earth inspired by man's consciousness um, uh -huh. that's going on in the Gulf of Mexico. Well, we did this, this game that we play at remote view type of thing on, mm -hmm. at our fire ceremonies. And I ask, what is the message from that, from this thing going on in the Gulf? And Wayne, who answers our phones, and, and nobody knows the question, and he wrote down sacred or ground respect or something like that, yeah. uh, something to that effect. And that got me thinking that this is a message for each and every one of us to remind us that the earth is sacred ground. Every square inch of it is sacred ground. And so I thought how we can all say, you know, we say we create our reality, well, BP did this or whoever did this, but really we all contribute to it so we can all help to um, bring it back into balance. And so I would invite everybody listening or watching this, uh, or watching, listening to this or watching, to pick something in their life every day that respects the earth, like maybe print one less document or, or ask to have your statement sent to you online. Make one decision that becomes very respectful of the earth. Walking to the bus stop, pick up the trash that you find along the way. If you're walking by a little creek and there's an oil can there, pick it up. Just take that extra movement. Even if you do one little small act like that every day, if everybody on the planet did, well then it would be something so wonderful come out of something like that. Anyway, pass it along. Everybody you that hear, everybody change. you see, yeah. and I'm going to send out stuff. And uh, mm -hmm. if you would forward it once I send it out, if you're on our mailing list, that would be great. Yeah. That's all I had to say. And if you've enjoyed our show over the years and have actually augured growth from the, what it is that we do here, um, feel free to uh, mail our link uh, to everyone, and most especially to those people that you do not like, because nothing gets even like waking the other guy up. You really want to get even with someone, make them more conscious. I'm serious. That's true. That is the way that works. Well, Neville and I have begun the conversion. If anybody wants to volunteer to come help yes, us at any point, started a conversion of all the old shows, even mm -hmm. some, if the tapes are still good, all the way back from 93, 92, yeah. 1992, uh, multidimensional TV, the psychic that, yeah. show, mm -hmm. and early years of telepathic TV. Um, so we have footage of Neville and I 11 years ago talking yeah. about this stuff. And it yeah. wasn't real cool to talk about this stuff back then. No, now it is more commonly spoken of. And we feel that we 
and many other people, not just us, but we feel that we have brought, we've done a very good job of ratcheting up the consciousness that is on this planet. This but program. it would be fun, maybe by our 600th show we can do a bunch of clips yeah, of Neville clip over the years as his good. hair goes long, 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 long. Long, yeah. Well, My hair's kind of always been the same. But. Yeah, so the idea of uh, volunteers, in fact, volunteers for the next few weeks for, uh, for actually manning the crew here would be a very good thing yes. as well. Yeah, Not it's, next it's week, really fun. I mean, it's that. really fun to be involved in things like this. It is, and it will and be a different world And you have to do it. Yeah. Now wait, did, didn't you get, didn't you resist when I said that? People no, they don't oh. know yet. Okay. A lot of people will still do it because you say have to. We talked about calling the show, um, you don't have to watch this show, but you'll miss something, was the original yeah. working title of this program. And you can see what a clean, sweet manipulation that is. But, and it's because we're saying it. You go, oh, come on, you're, you're being manipulative. All of a sudden, I can hear manipulation. Yeah, right. <clears throat> Pardon me. Okay, so, so don't watch. You don't have to. But you don't know what you're going to miss, do you? There you well, go. There, do See you right back in the cell. Remember that hmm? commercial where it was somebody sitting in front of speakers and the sound came out oh, and it was Bose, like a wind? Yeah. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. That's what have to, those words yeah. do have to and it's like this wind of guilt I have to well if I have to that meant I missed it and somebody's having to tell me now to do it yeah. so I screwed up I missed something or you enter into a state of rebellion I have to nope I'm not going to do that even if they're telling you you have to feed yourself yeah. nope I'm gonna starve myself because you told me have to it's mm -hmm. amazing what that resistance does in your in your life how it changes you and uh, we as a rule are not conscious yet enough to recognize the, the unconscious use of free will. Anything that you resist is an unconscious use of free will. You, when we resist, we don't seem to be able to keep ourselves from doing it. This is all of an obsessive compulsive disorder which they're now selling on TV on a regular basis. Well, forty nine ninety five plus tax, and you will be repeating everything three times the rest of your life. I just forty nine ninety five plus tax, and you'll be repeating, etc. You know the rest of that bit. I just heard a telepathic question from somebody out there saying, ah. "Well, how, how is it that you get your kids to do something if you don't use have tos?" Ah. And I thought that was a really good question. If if you don't say, "Okay, you have to get your homework done," you have to do these right, things. Right. Right. And, and that, I think that's worth a lot of conversation and talking, uh, talking about because I don't want people to think that, at least me, uh, you'll speak for yourself, for, for yourself, but it's not saying, oh, we're just going to have no self-discipline at all. But it's to change the form from guilt-inspired have-tos and power struggle have-tos into desire and satisfaction from mm -hmm. self-discipline and it's kind of what exactly. Pat was talking well, about. Yeah. If you can discipline yourself to do something even though you don't want to, I tell you the world really is your oyster at that point and it's a superpower. I, I tell kids that self-discipline is your superpower. Mm -hmm. So by you doing what you're, what is being laid down for in front right. of you at school and all that, then you are becoming a superhero because you'll have self-discipline. We have a call? And there is the old expression, okay. self-love is self-discipline. Mm -hmm. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? No. Hello, this is Neha calling. Oh, hi, Neha. Neha. Hi. Hi, how hey, are you? Good, how good. are you? Good, thanks. Um, well, yeah, last week um, Neville asked 
the audience something that um, I took to heart and it's been haunting me all week. And it was something to the effect that if you took your brain out of the blame game, uh-huh. what would you do with your brain? Yes, what would you? And that's a very good question. Yes. And what I, what I kind of found is that, you know, you really are bigger than your brain. And sometimes, you know, it feels like, okay, all right, I step out of my brain, so now is, is that the mind? And, you know, how would you, how would, what are your thoughts about the distinction between the mind and a brain? Because sometimes I feel like that my mind has a lot of great ideas, and these ideas are kind of, you know, coming from a higher plane or whatever, but then how, how does, what does the brain do with it? How does it implement well, see, yeah. you know it's yeah, like the my brain, brain can't keep up your beliefs my brain is not as smart as my mind <laughs> okay now if i may just comment the game you're now playing the brain versus the mind is your excuse to see what would happen to keep from seeing what would happen if you stopped playing the blame game so you've taken the blame game and it's no longer about blame it's now about nomenclature it's now about uh, what words will I use to keep this from happening? The original premise of the game was what would happen if you had a completely and perfectly clean, calm mind, then what would you do with it? Or brain, I don't care which word. You know, what would you do with your ability to think if it was not tangled in fear, doubt, worry, guilt, grief, uh, uh, whatever the rest of those words are in that particular lack of faith? whatever you know what would you do with a mind clear and pristine what would you what thoughts would you have if they were not feared out worry and guilt and that's what's ineffable to us we don't know what we would do with a brain if we do the pie graph of the entire life um, what is it 99 percent of that entire lifetime was spent in thinking about things that weren't actually interesting or real or Well, germane. I think one thing you notice if you get out of the blame game or get out of the, the thinking is that you start experiencing. And mm-hmm. that's really, to me, the objective. Not an objective, but yeah, yeah. the, the state of being good. is yeah. the objective. <clears throat> because I, I noticed a long time ago, I had begun oil painting, and I would get so submerged in the painting, and it, it was like I would flow with whatever I was painting. And then I would come back and I would think back on painting. It was like, you know, I really wasn't measuring anything. I wasn't sitting there evaluating, coming up with some kind of good and bad. And I realized that when I'm in the uh, measuring mind, that I have this handful of black and white marbles that I was putting, okay, that's good, that's bad, that's good, that's bad. And that's the blame, that's all that kind of stuff. But when I was in that painting I was experiencing and that's what we all seek is to get out of the measurement and into the experience Mm -hmm. and so it's not a matter of having to provide anything we're always taught that we have to prepare we have to have this here and we have to have that here and we're not allowed to just be present and see what unfolds so that for me is what came next and then I would like to just say another thing because I have not had the um, the opportunity to uh, talk to Neha but she was talking about some of the things that she could do for kids in a, in a daycare setting or an after-school care setting. And something came to me the other day, and I've been pondering that, even though we haven't spoke physically, spoken physically, but meditation for kids, and I would say that to you and to everybody, kids' minds are not designed to have constant stimulation, like what you're talking about, you know, the, the active mind thing. 
they're designed to sit there and, and go and play around with that or and make sounds and do things. And they don't have that quiet, peaceful meditation time. And so I would recommend anybody that has anything to do with kids, create, and I, I will post some on the website, some meditations to do with kids because it will help them immensely and, and keep their brain healthy as well. And another thing that happens when we give up the blame game or give up the uh, monkey mime, it's a monkey with a little white face that pretends to be doing something. Yes, we're very okay. familiar with him. Okay, another thing that happens is that you recognize cycles. Mm -hmm. And what's very interesting to me about recognizing cycles is, and I've seen this for the whole lifetime, I don't recognize the cycle until it is complete. Oh. Mm -hmm. Now, if you got out of the monkey mind and then you recognized, oh, that was the part of my life where I played with the monkey mind, I have begun a new cycle. Mm -hmm. Okay, well then what would the new cycle be? Mm -hmm. And I would provide one word to describe the new cycle and that would be enthusiasm. And that is what would replace the blame game would be enthusiasm That's a good about, as you said, Lovely the experiencing in life and then being enthusiastic about the experiencing in life. Mm -hmm. And that would be an excellent way to start the coming of the duck. Here come the duck. Here been announced the duck. in the, the ethers here, and the duck is now, uh, there's the duck. Now, is this Abigail and Lori? Abigail and Lori, who has okay. her visitors. We're, we're doing, again this week, uh, quotes. So I've got Yogi Berra. Half the, oh, it's the same one I got last week, oh, I think. Let's pick another one. Half the lies. Yeah, I know, I didn't, that's not one of those real profound ones. That's the one I got last week, too. Okay. When there is no enemy within, the enemies written. outside of you cannot hurt you. Ah. Can I say that again? Since yeah. Mm -hmm. When there is no enemy within, the enemies outside of you cannot hurt you. It's an African proverb. And for Marcus Aurelius, who lived a Aurelius long time ago, mm -hmm. there is uh, reject your sense of injury and the injury itself disappears. Mm. As long as we think we're hurt and we focus our presence on being hurt, then that's the reality Thank you. that the universe manifests for us. And we can always make a different decision other than being hurt. Yes, absolutely. And that won't matter how hurt yeah. you are or so what I've you're hurt about. Let's just all say that out loud right now. I choose not to be hurt. Okay. Works for me. Let's do I it. Choose I choose not, not, to, be not to be hurt. Three times. I, I choose, choose not, not to be hurt. hurt. I, I choose not, not to be hurt. And a lot of people don't recognize that happiness is a choice. Yes, so I choose sure. to be happy. Works for me. I choose to be happy. 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 And another one? I love being me. I love being Neville. I mean, I love being me. We have a call. <laughs> and we have a call. Okay, but I still love being me. I love Hi, being caller. me, too. Hi, caller. What's your name? Hi, my name is Nancy. Hi, Nancy. Nancy. What can we do for you? Well, I love your affirmations, and I would um, really appreciate a reading from Mary. Okay. okay. happy to. Thank Mary, you. Can we turn that up a bit, yeah. please? I believe they're working on that. I don't know. When I was picking the cards, Nancy, I felt like there was a big decision to make about something. Um, like it was something, it's a decision that's with you right now may feel more uh, of having more weight than, than other things before. Well, the awareness card is 
I, I love this moment when we see ourselves not at the, as this looming monster, but as who we really are. And the only way we can burn away that veil of illusion about who we really are is to brighten it with our awareness and pay attention to it. And this card, the turning in, this lady is turning in and listening to her true heart and letting it flow. And yeah, there are a lot of people telling her things to do that are going on around her, but she's just allowing those to just be part of her experience and not define her experience. And this is what I would say, really think back on, on maybe your mother, father, the scene when you were younger, and what kind of image did you gain on the mirror of the people around you in early childhood and really look at that again because I think it's time to put some things to rest and really move forward and the totality card really does say that too it's time to let go of the old things so that you can have the hands to embrace the new and finish up those old things and leave them behind you yeah very much so okay and Breaking do we have patterns. Um, other next caller okay hi caller what's your name please uh, this is Sasha. Hi, Natasha? Yeah, we can. Uh, well, there we go. <laughs> okay, Hi. can you hear me? This is Sasha. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'd like a reading for Mary, and I have a specific question. Uh, I have an option to try push for data collection and go for PhD next spring, or switch to a master's and just get my master's this um, December. So which do you think would be the most reasonable for me? Okay, I didn't hear that first choice. Was it... Um, well, um, I stopped after push. Okay. Well, let's just see what the cards say, and maybe what comes up will, the right one will feel right to you then. Now, go, the we are the world, this takes a lot of courage. And so if you're talking about going this route that has already, um, that's taking you in a predefined route, that this card is about stepping out of that and becoming who you really are your own unique color on the planet Earth. And it's about traveling and getting out there and putting yourself out there and letting go of the old idea of who you are and what you want to be and, and just letting yourself fall free from, from those traditional kind of uh, pathways. And then the master is letting, you said one of them was to get your masters, did she say? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I think this is, I mean, it's the master card. So, uh, th was the master the second choice? Yes. Okay. I would say, now everything is really up to us in our decision and everything, but since you asked the question and I pulled the cards for you, one way you could interpret this is really, really, um, it's got the master card that's, that's a guide leading you, but it, it's strange that of all the cards that we got something that actually had the word on it, masters. And it says, letting go like going out there into the world and letting go and the master's card. So I would say that let your, if you were to, oh, I know we got to run, right? Was there another? No, no. Oh, okay. Um, when you ask yourself, the way I always find what's right for me is I say, okay, I'm going to let go of the idea of getting the master's and act as if I'm going to do it and, if, and then measure my level of resistance or panic within that mm -hmm. and say, well, maybe that's not right, and then say, I'm going to act as if I'm going to do that and see which one really feels right. But you got, we are the world, letting go and master. Uh, excellent. Okay. To sum up our show a little bit, this is the idea uh, that the next time you hear have to, translate that to mean that you sit and you think about it. Mm -hmm. 
And when they say you have to, you answer back, do I really? Do I have to? No, you have to. Yeah. Hi, and caller. we have our next caller. Hi, caller. Hi, this is Edith from Buffalo. Hey. Okay, Edith. Hey, well, what can I, we do for you? Um, I just wondered if you could um, give me a reading and, and give me any um, good advice for my new job. Absolutely, and, and welcome home in advance. <laughs> Thank you. She's moving back to the area. Oh, good. Okay, the first card, the suppression. I feel like whatever your most recent experience may be with the job there or whatever, that you're recognizing that what you don't leave behind, you're just going to carry with you into the next thing. And I feel you've gotten that and you're, you're working on that. And to leave whatever was, was about the dynamic there, leave it there. And maybe do a little ceremony and say, okay, I'm breaking this pattern within myself. This new move is, is signifying this new move of a pattern within myself might be a good one. And it's time to let go of maybe some things and possessions and things that really aren't serving you and get to know who you are right now. And this focus, this intensity, one thing I feel that's telling you is to step into this position, ease into it, and don't necessarily jump and take on a whole bunch of things right off the bat. But go in and be the observer for a little while, and then let, once you understand what the scene is all about and everything, then start bringing a lot of your life force and dynamicness to it. And I think that that will serve you well. But thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good night. Good night. Good night. And do we have another caller? On? Okay. okay, we're we're working on that. So the idea of if you have call in immediately if you've been thinking about calling the whole, not even that much time. Okay. Okay. If you've been thinking about calling the whole show, tune in again next time. Now, we're about to be at Ruby Tuesdays in Fairfax Circle. Ruby Tuesdays. Ruby Tuesdays, roll the R. And uh, we've been, um, what have we been doing? As you were saying, we have a whole bunch of uh, shows out of the archives that we've found a way to convert pneumatics and are looking for a volunteer to assist there. And uh, we will have a, um, the lost episodes of Telepathic yes. TV. I was going to do a whole thing of it. Mm -hmm. Sort of like the lost episodes of Gilligan's Island or yeah, something. Yeah, and if we get a volunteer, perhaps we can make a clip show of decades in there. Yeah, an editing volunteer would be great. As well, yeah. And uh, what else have we been up to? Well, I think that um, it was a really neat shift to put the quotes in the duck. Yeah, I like that. I love, I love uh, a lot of the wisdom that's out there. And it shows you that... The most profound wisdom comes in little tiny packages in a sentence or two. Mm -hmm. We can elongate it into a large book, but by that time, it's just totally lost its impact. That the single sentence has. Okay, is that it? Poetry and pose, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. And um, let's see. Well, it's, it's a, a, a picture's worth a thousand words, a symbol's worth a million words. Mm -hmm. And that's what, why Christ and Buddha talked symbolically, because they're like zip files that go in and mm -hmm. blossom within you. Mm -hmm. And that's what quotes are, if you, if you ask me. So good quotes. So write and the we'll quote of your the, life, the quotes yeah. that are important to you. It was yeah. our joy and honor to take you to the door tonight. And we'll be doing the Sekim initiations coming up. Yes, and, and uh, those are shifting and changing, and I'm going to be posting well. that information. Yeah, and uh, the consciously creating your life comes up at the end of the month. You would uh, do well to attend such a thing. Mm 
-hmm. as it is about the reprogramming in, the in a very real and personal way. Master Healing Series as well. And uh, I'll be doing palmistry yet again. And um, all kinds of other things are going on. Thank you. 